Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody here in Twitter land, Facebook land, the Collin Church, Facebook, and soon to come other mediums, I'm sure, such as YouTube and probably TikTok and I think Instagram already gets it because it's going on my personal side of Facebook. Me, man. All right, anyway, it's something for our younger generation to worry about more than not me. Uh, my my time on this earth is uh, getting down to maybe a couple of decades left, and that's about it. When if you're young, you got three or four, five, six decades maybe, as the Lord wills. You got a lot of time to get things done, if the Lord wills. Because no man knows the date or the hour. You can be young or old, and your number come up. Be called before the throne of grace and glory, before the Creator, Lord God Elohim, the Lord God Yahweh. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be a "Don't let your hearts be troubled" doctrine, fret the fret not doctrine, the fear not doctrine. Uh, Yet we are created humans. And we have a nature of a sheep, and sheep are naturally easily frightened. But the comfort of the other sheep and the shepherd's voice and the hedge of protection helps to bring peace to that very skittish animal in the nature, in the natural, rather. And uh, he likens us unto sheep a lot of times. Remember, there's sheep and goats. Anyway, uh, don't let your heart be troubled. We're in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. And our week, our focus this week is stay obedient in spite of injustice. Uh, keep your peace is what a lot of people say. And I do, like the great Martin Luther King, he uh, convinced his followers in the movement to protest peacefully. Right, don't let let the violence be on the part of the other people. Let their injustice be seen by the world. But better yet, let their injustice be seen within themselves, that they too might repent and come to Christ and find the true love of God. Amen. The true love of God doesn't worry about your skin color. Worry about your soul. That's what the true love of God does, because that's what the true love of God has sent, his only begotten son, that whosoever should receive him and believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, they changed the scripture on that particular verse, John three sixteen. here in my lifetime. Um, when I was growing up, the word should was always in that scripture. It was the King James and NIV, I think, at the time. But now... These modern versions have changed to shall. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, friend. Uh, does the word shall, that, can't, that sounds like a given, right? That's like an automatic. And the word should sounds like an opportunity. And I think what the Scripture tells us is when you, when you get saved, you ha- now have an opportunity to be 
one of the sons of God. You have an opportunity to grow and be a Christ follower, a Holy Spirit follower, and to do as Jesus did, wait on the Holy Spirit for your direction and for your destination. Uh, yes, it's possible. I can testify uh, more than one way. My life has a record of testimonies that reads like a character in the Bible. Uh, I've done, I've left home for the cause of Christ and seeking God, and I had many worldly things going on at the same time. But nonetheless, the Lord says, "If you'll seek Me, you'll find Me. If you seek Me early." You'll find me, and I think that's a promise, not only to our uh, our day, but each day we wake up with new blessings and new benefits that God has given for us this day. If only we will look into it and discover. My new pastor, uh, Pastor Dwayne Mabry, has the habit of often looking to the sky when he's ministering, and I've never seen that particular. Um, habit I didn't even preacher yet in my life, and I, I kind of like it, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Might be easier for preachers to do it that way, too, because sometimes when you're when you're standing up in that podium and you're looking at the audience and somebody gathers your attention, it can, it can, it can throw you off a little sometimes, especially when you first start doing it. As you start to flow in the spirit and you get a little more mature doing it, that doesn't happen very often because the only thing you're really worried about is what the Spirit is going to lead you to do next. And that's the next thing, Holy Ghost. What's what's next, Holy Spirit? What's next, my Lord? How may I serve you? And that kind of attitude of gratitude and servitude comes long before getting in a pulpit. That's, that, that comes uh, when you walk out of the church building which is not the church. The building is not the church. The people are the church. That's that's the whole really uh, nice thing about it. It's the family of God. And the kingdom of God is all about family. It really is. And the Holy Spirit proved that to me one time. Or I should say our Lord Jesus proved that to me one time. He came to me and he said, Robert, if the kingdom of God is all about family, then he says, how does that frame the picture of the Trinity to you? That's a a really interesting thought. Anyway, let not your heart be troubled. John 14, verse 1, start, we'll read there and keep going. You believe in God, are ye, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, this next verse, Thomas is raising up a question. Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest 
And how can we know the way? And watch. What Jesus was really telling them is, is that your knower knows. This is already in your spirit. Just because your mind isn't registering what the Holy Spirit's already revealed to you in your spirit, and you're waiting for your mind to catch up and your heart to catch up. It's because your knower knows. Like the day you got saved, like the day you got born again, your, your knower knew that you'd been born again. That weight, that burden of sin was lifted off your shoulders, and you felt free, and you felt claimed like never ever before. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding came and replaced that weight of guilt and sin. And you knew that you knew that you knew that you'd been born again. It's something special that happened to you in your life. So that's what Jesus is talking about. Tom was saying, my head ain't caught up, my heart ain't caught up to the situation yet, Lord. That's what he said in verse 5, basically. And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. Now, this verse alone knocks out every other religion in the world. For religion is man's attempt to reach God that will fail and doom to failure every time. Remember, he accepted Abel's gift in the book of Genesis, but he rejected Cain's. And the implication was that Cain knew what to do, but instead he took it upon himself to do his own thing. Because, you know, he was smarter than God. Smarter than his brother. Smarter than the situation. So anyway, try not to do that. Try to be, try to humble yourself and let vanity go and just obedient to the word of the Lord and his leading, his following. And you'll find more of God that way, that's for sure. In another passage, he talks about people coming to this great wedding supper, this great supper this this king has, had, had produced. And the people who were invited first made up all kinds of excuses about coming and didn't want to come. He, and he likens that, unfortunately, to our Jewish brothers and sisters who were blinded for the sake of the Gentiles. So anyway, because of their stubbornness and hard-heartedness, stiff neck. So anyway, now he's opened it up to us Gentiles, and he, go, he tells his servants to go out and get people, bring them in. And he said, there's still yet room. He sends them out again. He says, go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come on into my house. And when they get there, he's going to supply them a, a wedding garment to be able to come up and be a part of the wedding or part of the dinner. But when he goes to the house one day before this great ceremony and people are starting to gather in, he finds a few of them that aren't in wedding garments uh, for this feast, for this great celebration. And he asked him, "How come you're here, and not and you're not attired properly?" 
And they said, well, they make up all the excuses. And he said, the same are thieves and robbers who sneak in unaware. He said, I'll gather them up and I'll cast them in to outer darkness where they're wailing and gnashing of teeth. That don't sound good at all. That sounds pretty bad. And so when he said, when Jesus, the Messiah, who's proven over his fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies over thousands of years, who turned the world upside down with his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and now we're counting up from the time of his great sacrifice on the cross, or before time was counting down to him appearing. Now he's appeared, yet the whole world, even our our governments that know better are, have rejected this gospel, this good news. And that just, to me, that just blows my mind. I don't understand that. But it's to God's glory. It's to God's fulfillment of his word, and his word will be fulfilled. So what but we can do as Christians is pray for our government that we might live in peace. And we should do that. We should do that. We should pray for justice to, once again, be a part of our staple here in America. There not be a two-tiered system or a three-tiered system, but one rule of law, a democratic republic, a nation of laws. Without it, you have chaos. And that's exactly what we have right now is chaos. Anyway, back, back to the word. If you, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. From henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father. And it, it sufficed us. That will satisfy us if you show us the father. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He, hath, he that hath seen me hath seen the father. And now thou sayest, then show us the Father. Believest thou not that I am the Father? I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. <clears throat> he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works. The same thing he told the Sadducees and the Pharisees. When they asked him about if he'd be the Messiah or not. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I think it's Jesus considered it greater because we are, we are the adopted children of the kingdom. Where he is the rightful heir and the rightful son. And we're adopted. And I think God calls that greater. Certainly in, in the law of the land, if a person is adopted, they do have greater rights than even the natural born son. Where a natural born son can be disowned uh, an adopted one cannot. If I, if I understand, I'm, now, I'm not a lawyer. My daddy, who raised me, was a lawyer, and I think that's the truth. Uh, I could be wrong, though. The law may have changed since my years of growing up. 
And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, that's a that's an awesome responsibility, and I and I believe what the Lord has showed me over the years of that particular responsibility is it's just like Jesus was talking about. It's, I don't do this of myself. I do this because the Father is giving me this to do, is leading me this to do, is showing me this to do, or telling me this to say. And that's the example of a Christ follower, one who waits on the Holy Spirit to do what he wants you to do, to say what he wants you to say, and go where he wants you to go, and be what he wants you to be, whether it be the janitor or the president. What matters is what the Lord wants you to do because you are a surgical instrument in this war against evil that God needs to use you to help strike at the heart of the enemy, to blind him, to bruise him, and to and 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 to get him out of the way that the free course of the Word of God and the Spirit of God may be exercised among around you, through you, in you, for others. It's basically that simple, it really is. Anyway, the more you put in it, the more you'll get out of it. This I promise you. Now the Lord bless you and keep you and make his countenance to shine upon you, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, that you just lead them and guide them and protect them surround them, comfort them, let them uh, hear your peace, know your peace, Lord, and follow that peace, Father God, that surpasses all understanding, that their knower will know that the Master calleth. Jesus' name. Amen. Speak that forth. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Nice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Excuse me. I had glory a little bit. Whew. That's good. All right. Goodbye and God bless. Love you all.